This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Welcome to... The May 5th edition of One Nation Radio. It is Cinco de Mayo. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Just uh, just watched a lot of good wrestling over the week. Um, it kind of it kind of rejuvenated me, so I'm I'm in a good mood right now. Yeah, man. Um, the I, I caught a couple uh, things. I watched uh, some of the big matches from uh, Dontaku. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, I we. Checked out some stardom matches. Uh, they had a lot of the produce shows going on this week. We're going to talk about two of them today. Um, of course, there was last week where uh, there was like Tessa Blanchard and Gail Kim. There, there's more of that. And there's news all around the world of wrestling. So we're going to be going all over from stardom to impact to WWE to AEW to the fucking NWA today. So, um, <laughs> you know. Covering it all, done done it all, essentially. So, uh, what's going on with you, though, man? Not much, man. Just uh, I I on Friday I spent basically my entire Friday night just watching the entire uh, Cinderella tournament from Stardom, um, and then you know you hear news about for spoilers for people or whatever else. So I start making drop off right now, but um, yeah, like you hear, you end up getting spoiled on finding out that like Bea Presley uh is, or B Presley is the new uh world of stardom champion which is kind of surprising because like i think the last uh gaijin champion was tony storm and i think before that it was probably uh jazzy gabbert like during 2011 or something like that like i think she's the third gaijin ever so it was um so that was interesting uh and then i saw the match and i was like i don't know about this because she's you know in queen's quest she was like uh she's like the number three person number four person uh uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, like you see the match is like, okay, I get it, I I, I I get this, I understand this, this makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I you know I've been working really hard on my music channel pretty much throughout like the last week. I've been in a real zone making a bunch of like head nodders as they say. And uh, <laughs> so make sure you guys are subscribed on there. It's like uh, you can type in Rich Ladder Music, you'll see it. It's like a blue and yellow logo. Um. But yeah, man, um, lots of it. I, I, when I wasn't, you know, working on music and all that, wrestling has been 
alive as ever, essentially, <laughs> with the stories and the news and all surrounding that. But uh, we're gonna get to a uh, you know thing. We close. I want to say two weeks ago, we were wondering about what the fuck was going on with Daniel Bryan, and he has been cleared. Thankfully, um, the rumors are, and if you follow the history of WWE's reporting and how they handle injuries, this feels like it was a concussion and they didn't want anyone to find out. Yeah. Yeah. There was speculation about that. I mean, maybe, maybe not, who knows, but, um, I, I honestly think they should be get out. They should completely get out of the game of disclosing injuries. It's like, what's the point? Just say per- person X injured and didn't disclose anything. So then anything's going to have to worry about speculation on what it is possible. Like, we are not um, – this isn't like the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball where you disclose injuries so that, so that like, the gambling public can, can, you know, can gamble accordingly. Like, there is no reason for us to, to know. Um, so I, I think, I think it would be best for them just to get out of that entire game altogether. Yeah, I was um very worried, but I'm glad that that is all cleared up and Dan Bryan should be returning to TV this week. Uh, they definitely could use him. <laughs> I don't I don't know like who uh, he he picks up feuding with. Maybe they do a tag team with him and Rowan uh, at the moment while he's outside the title picture. Maybe he gets added back in the title picture. Uh, maybe he's on Raw. Yeah, we never know. Maybe like maybe he's on 205 Live. Maybe he's on NXT. <laughs> Maybe he's in NAC UK. We never know with this company. So, um, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make a quick mention. Dan Bryan is cleared. Everybody can kind of just relax. Uh, wrestlers will get hurt. They will get concussions. Um, you there's know, no such thing, there's no such thing as a safe cigarette. Yeah. So, and, and it's been this long. Like he had essentially a full year of, of clean health before he got any type of like you know nick up or anything. So I can live with that. I don't know because look, I I saw the match against Sheldon Benjamin where uh, they where he literally they literally head butted each other off of the top rope on accident. Uh, I I saw I saw a few other things in in his matches like if. I, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Oh my god! I am a skeptic at believing that this is his first like concussive, his first concussive blow, or even his first sub concussive blow since coming back to watch, to wrestling. Um, that's there's just no way to protect yourself against the situation. Now, you know he's doing a lot of stuff to try to as a I guess as a. Uh, I almost said prophylactically, like <laughs> preventatively. Yeah, pre- yes, yes. As, as a pre- I almost said preventative. I can't speak right now. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, I just can't. I can't find words. I don't know what are those. But yeah, like he he's doing things on the front end to, to try to you know to try to combat whatever uh, might pop up. But like something's going to pop up eventually because it's pro wrestling, right? Um. I have no transition here, so I'm just going to get into the next topic. So, uh, <laughs> up next, John Moxley in the video. We talked about it briefly uh, when the news broke um, on One Nation Radio on Lords of Pain Tuesday. I took my victory lap o- over people that said he was done, uh, James specifically, um, and, <laughs> and, and and several other it's a work motherfuckers. Uh, but people just need to cut the shit at this point, James. Like, this is absolutely 
I don't know what they even get out of saying something like, well, man, that was a little too well produced. WWE must have paid for that. Like, do these people not know you can probably shoot something like that on your iPhone if you really wanted to? I don't know, man. Like, video production is, you know, not everybody's like has an eye for that sort of thing. Like, pretty much the only thing you can kind of tell with, with, when it comes to the quality of video production is when it's bad. So, or really cheap. So, that's kind of why people probably jump to those conclusions or whatever no, else. And then these people... The entourage- these people are no, are, are contributing well, well, on, poison you not on the air. So I can finish my point. Damn, my, my fault. I was like, and, I was like, and there's also the fact that people that are just in the flat out denial that anybody that's making a million dollars a year uh, would want to leave WWE due to unhappiness. They figure like, well, your aunt, well, they put themselves in their position thinking like, I'm unhappy, and people say that money doesn't buy you happiness. Well, I would love to be a person that's that's hollow on the inside while also uh, in the one percent. I understand that, but that's not. You know, it's over. He's not built. He's not built that way. It's, and you know, whatever. Like I don't if, now. Now my question for this, as far as it's over, right? I believe that he is done with WWE for now. Do you think he? Do you, now? Are you a person that believes he'll never come back? Because I think he's going to come back eventually. I have no idea. Like, okay. Um, all I know right now is that it's over. The shield is finished. <laughs> it's a wrap. Cut this shit. Stop coming on the app with these conspiracy theories that are that are absolutely insane. Like, I know I dabble in the conspiracy theorism largely for jokes or whatever. But these people have convinced themselves that this is some elaborate long-term work that did not lead to Dean Ambrose having a WrestleMania match, that did not lead to more money being, like, you know, made for WWE, aside from, you know, we were able to advertise the shield for three more weeks uh, as a house show act. Um... Nothing is happening. Like I don't get it. Cut the shit. Stop it. Learn like what you what what can be done outside of WWE as far as video production wise. Like open your eyes, step out of your bubble, and then come holla at us. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be use your common sense. Is this camera on me? That's stupid. fucking stupid asses. <laughs> like I, like I largely have learned to. Disengage, like when when I feel like I'm seeing gaslighting motherfuckers, or I'm feeling like I'm seeing like FDSers with the bullshit. I just don't engage, right? Because they're not gonna learn (laughs) and or listen. So and, and they're also like there's just a mental block there. I feel like so. What I do on this show right now, (laughs) this is where I where I let them have it. So, um, yeah, man, stop. Okay. Stop it, y'all. Like, quit. Like Dean Ambrose did. So, for me, the stuff that I kind of, like, engage with, like, I see all types of stuff in my time. Like, I don't block people. Um, I don't either. I, I, I just put I, them on the no. mute list. I ain't or, never got to see them. Okay, I don't block or mute them either. I just, like, I, you know, so whoever, like, retweets or likes whatever else, I also see it. And I have to, and I, I take it and just see, like, okay, what's, what is the other... What what is the other side thinking or whatever? Just 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 cause right? Just like what is the like what is their uh, what is the rhetoric right? So for me, like I see stuff, I'm just like okay, whatever. And then unless it's stuff that I see, honestly, I feel like people are trying to extend some nonsense that's like in there, or they are trying to. Uh, come up with a good faith argument that is like inherently disingenuous like so (laughs) earlier so earlier today 
Um, I saw somebody say, uh, say, and I, I'm, I'm just pulling up right now. Uh, somebody come up with a tweet that said, "I've seen lots of tweets claiming that WWE prefers the WWE the, the WWE women's titles, uh, giving them to blonde white women." So I did some research. Of the 50 different women who have held WWF slash WWE slash Diva titles, 68 percent are not blonde white women, and 30 are not Caucasian. So this person hopped their ass on the internet to try to say that there is no issue with how WWE uh, books. Uh, the wrestlers or hires the wrestlers or promotes the wrestlers or assigns wins and losses in the issue of the women's division uh, in, in regards to race while saying that 32% of the women that have ever held titles are blonde white women, but 30% of the women that aren't white. That means uh, Asian. Look, that means black. That means Latina. That means Whatever yeah. else you can be, like, and, and and they really thought that they made this as a way to explain that like it's not an issue. And I, and I thought to myself, all right, well, let me just Google the percentage of blonde white women in Amer in America. It's five percent. Then I was like, huh? Well, it is the World Wrestling Federation, so let's let's try the world. It's two percent. So what you're saying is that <laughs> they they are sixteen times more likely than they should be. Right? To win the title, <laughs> it was like, what do we, what do we, what? You, these are your numbers. I'm not, I'm not spinning your numbers against you. These are your own numbers, and this is what you came up with. So it's like, yikes! And and like honestly, like, I'm on Twitter. You know me. Like I'm mostly on there to just follow people and use it as a newspaper to just, just read whatever and see commentary or, or whatever to see whatever is up there. And then I saw that and I was like, okay, this one has my attention because. Um, on his face, like this is just so disingenuous. Yeah, it, it's like I just retweeted you, flame on him. Like I, like I, I'm just sick of bullshit. So, uh, but yeah, moving on to something a little bit more happy. This is going to be the first ever segment about stardom on this show, and I know James is boiling with anticipation and happiness. So, um, let's hear it. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Just, just on the front end for people that 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 have had to suffer through me, uh, basically spamming them online in <laughs> uh, thread messages. I did not, I did not uh, ask Rich to do this. I did not say we need, we need to have a segment on Stardom uh, Wrestling. This is just something that he saw some match. He said, "Let's talk about it," and he decided to go with this. I'm not producing the show. I didn't come up with the music. He's this is all his decision. He is he is the one that has the, the doll right now and is recording from his laptop. So this is on him. But I can I can tell you I am overjoyed that we're go, we're doing this. Well, you know, so, I, I'm thinking about what's good for the show. You know, oh. you know, you know, like I put out the video like with the samples <laughs> where I talked about the difference between looping and chopping samples. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I, I want the end result. Like I don't, I don't care if you loop that shit. I don't care if you chop it in a million pieces. Figure it out. What sounds mm -hmm. best? So with that being said, on to Rossi Ogawa's Stardom Pro Wrestling. <laughs>
mentally and, and oh, uh, the, the deal with the uh, women's championship numbers. Uh, yeah, so I watched two matches. Uh, you recommended uh, the Hazuki and Starlight Kid match. And then, of course, we mentioned earlier the B Priestley and Kagetsu match, uh, Battle of Queen's Quest and Odeo Tai there. Yep. Uh, where, do we, where do you want to begin? Well, let's... Okay, so... Let's start with let's start with the uh, uh, the the Kagetsu and um, and B Priestley match, like I that match was I already knew the result would happen. And for me, like a lot of matches when I watch them, uh, if I already know the result, like I'm already like whenever I come out with my decision on what I think, like or whenever I think of like how the quality of the match is always like I always go like a notch or two below what it actually turns out to be from from what I see other people's responses are of it generally but this match um this match was a how do i say this this was the best match i've ever seen brie Priestley have um now came out i've only been watching stardom since january um and she's in a lot of tags she's always she always holds her own and holds in the role very very well she's very competent i didn't know she was as good um yeah just uh, just straight up do, and, we, and do other, you know how old and, she is by any chance B Priestley? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming she's somewhere in her early to mid twenties because of her, who she dates. Yeah. Just uh, an assumption. Right. I can look it up real quick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I watched the match and B Priestley was, it was like, she's this tall athletic, just ring general, like 23. Yeah. She's, she's incredible. And, and there's like, there's so much talent out there. Um, in the world of you know not only pro wrestling or in women's wrestling like in general like uh i think you know i always i like gets you off off rip like you know the whole day yeah. of time with it with the dancing and all that and this was like i saw her come out there in the all white i believe all the queen's quest or excuse me all the day of time members were wearing white uh for this occasion um i can't recommend the match enough like i probably go like four and a quarter four and a half and it was just like I don't like. I don't know the storylines of everything and all that, but just if you're you want to hop in, it's no bullshit. It's like the crowd into the match, even though it's quiet for a lot of it, right? The you can't measure the sound for the engagement. I feel like there and there's no commentators to get in the way. It's straightforward. It's easy, and they're going for it. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And the thing, the thing that like. Watching the the uh, just a backtrack, just a watch when I watched the the um, Cinderella tournament on Friday, like the thing that I, the thing that I appreciate about their uh, about their matches in general, because um, I watched enough of it, like they're they're very low on is is very is very tuned to mat wrestling, chain wrestling, um, rope running, strikes. And then your finisher, and it's very simple and straightforward. And then they also like one thing I like is the fact that their psychology is they don't sit in rest holes. Like if they're going to put you on the mat and, and to go to submission, it's a mission that you believe could end the match. It's not just I slap on a on a rear chin lock and just sit there. Yeah. Like or, it is. I, or, like for example, like for example in the uh, and we'll get to it the match in the uh, the high speed match. Like Hazuki puts uh, or hits. Um, start like hit with a gigantic, huge uh, backbreaker, and then she slaps on a, on his bully choke, and then leans back on it, almost like similar to the uh, Captain's Hook from um, from Brian Kendrick. Uh -huh. Except she's rearing back on it because she just injured her back. 
And you look at um, all the tape that was on against his neck during um, this this title match, and like she has a bad neck, and B is just constantly targeting neck. Like she she drops kicks to the back of the neck. She drops elbows to the back of the neck when she has her in like a um, has both her arms uh, clasped between her legs uh, and whatever else. Um, it's and she just basically targeted her, her back over and over and over. And the thing with Kagesu is because she's my first, um, in a way, similar way when I talked to you about, like, when I first watched New Japan, unless I have, like, a fondness for, like, um, Okada, Tanahashi, Nakamura, Ibushi, uh, Kushida, is that, like, these were, like, the people that were at the top of the car when I started to watch. I have a fondness for them. And, like, these were, like, the, the guys. So for Kagetsu, I've seen her in Tabitha Fences, whether it was, like, um, someone like Jungle Kiona or someone like even she even gave Hazuki a title shot, and she she always was a person that took your best shot, and then when you're you, like she was on the ropes, she spits that she hits you with the mist, yes, and then she she hits you with the mist, and she hits her 450 splash, and you're done. When she kicked out, I was like, oh, this is okay, I get it now, like yeah. I get it, like the game plan was B is going to isolate her neck because she sees all the tape on her neck. And she was on the ropes, had a reeling, and then ref bump, sp- spit the miss. Uh, what is it? Uh, the car- the fire carry uh, slam. Yeah, the ocean deal. joint. I-, I believe she's renamed it. Uh, I-, I don't know. I don't recall what she renamed it to, but it's the old Manami Toyota finish. Oh, no, no. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not yeah, yeah, but I'm talking about uh, Kagetsu. Kagetsu's whole thing was, oh, okay. oh, I'm on the ropes again. Rope bump or uh, ref bump, spit the miss. Uh, push you the fireman's carry, drop you, and then hit my four of the splash and get you out of there. But she kicked out, and then she goes for it again. Like, all right, well, I'm just gonna hit it again. And then she gets up there, and then B climbs up behind her. They fight on top of the, on the top on the uh, top turnbuckle. Uh, then B basically uh, overpowers her with, with with strikes to the back of her head on the neck, and then she ends up doing that you know that drop that double stomp, and then she picks her up and hits her with her, with her that cyclone finisher, and it was over. It was like great match. Um, and I get it, and and, in a way it was, most of the match was kind of surprising because throughout the match, she was literally beating the hell out of Kagetsu, and Kagetsu was not someone that that gets her ass whooped often. Yeah, I saw it, like, in the early stages of the match, I was like, wow. So, I know Kagetsu's kind of like the heel or whatever, but she's, like, smaller, she's getting sympathy, and (laughs) B was just beating her ass, like, (laughs) for a lot of the match, Uh, but yeah, B Priestley's the new uh, uh, champion with the red belt uh, in stardom, and she cut an interesting promo where she said she is moving to Japan in June, Uh, a lot of people think she's going to AEW, I believe she is announced for July uh, in AEW, but she's she's got like her whole thing now. She's calling herself the top gaijin. Uh, it's on a shirt. I'm considering purchasing it. Um, <laughs> but, it's on her. It's on her kick pass too. Yes, uh, and I love stuff like that. And you know where she ends up. I, I feel like she'll be in stardom for a little bit, like at least because I mean her advertised match in AEW isn't until July 13th and then I would assume the television would start sometime in the fall so she's got plenty of time to spend like the summer there yeah and also you know uh, given who we think is all going to be on AEW like she only has to fly in from time to time she doesn't have to come in and you know spend you know multiple weeks here or all that sort of thing um you know and who knows how long her her full time run is with Stardom? But like 
you look at what happened with the winner of the um, of the Cinderella um, tournament. You look at the winner of you know this match, and you look at um, also who got announced as uh, being a full time member um, in the Audio Tai Show or, or the next night um, with um, with Miyagi. It's like all these people like have all basically like been people that were like doing tours or people that were more or less in a everything but all in and then all of a sudden like they get that track suit saying that like yeah, yeah i am actually a full-time member now and it's like oh that's why you want to stand and run a tournament oh that's why you, that's why you're now the uh the the new uh world of stardom champion like oh like it's it's the western especially with be like it's the western expansion oh <laughs> man know? that's exactly what's going on it's the western expansion like i, I remember listening to a um a history of stardom podcast from um i believe it's a uh, Wrestling Omakase from mm-hmm. Voice of Wrestling. And they mentioned that, like, uh, the Cinderella tournament winner, um, this spoiler for anyone that's listening, just drop out for a few seconds. Um, Arisa Oshiki, she was, you know, she was, at one point when she was younger, she came in in about the same, uh, like, uh, class as Mayu Ibatani, and she was clearly being positioned to be the person that got the spot that eventually Mayu, you know, Climb to getting and then, but she left off to go do other stuff, and then she she's back now. You mean ring announcer and, Mayu Iwatani? Oh, <laughs> yes, I guess ring announcer Mayu Iwatani. Yes, <laughs> it's funny how they keep her around, like while she's, you know, trying to like rehab her knee or whatever else. It's funny how like they still like she still feels obligated, and they still like we're gonna find any way to put you on on the show, put you on the camera, but. But yeah, like you look at it and you see like, okay, like they're in this Hannah, like Hannah, for example, when she got this pretty much she went full time and then literally weeks later they just like, all right, let's uh let's do this faction match where like there's five factions now and one must be dropped. And then it, it's exactly what they did. Like they, they cut Jan and they said, Jungle, you're now, you know, in this uh Tokyo Cyber Squad. Like it seems like what's happening is all these people are becoming full-time uh, members and like they're getting stuff because of it, because of like, because of the commitment level. And that's just cool. Yeah. Uh, then another match that you showed me was Hazuki, who is the f- high speed champion yes. uh, against Starlight Kid. This is my first time seeing Starlight Kid. Uh, hmm. I, was she on the show? Did they bring her to New York? No, she was not on the show because she is like 16 years old. Yes. Okay. That, that's <laughs> they why they didn't. They didn't bring minors, so like that's why Azumi wasn't there either. I, I'm halfway to way convinced that we should invest in masks, James, like the the Stardom style masks, <laughs> and whenever you know, hopefully they they do a show next year in Tampa, we can uh, be ready to participate. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. if they come, if they come to Tampa, yeah, if they I come. hope they do. Yeah. Um, now this was one of the great sub five minute matches of all time uh <laughs> flat out there's there's no other way to spin it it's constant action no rest holds a million pinning combinations savage steamboat eat your heart out um <laughs> it was just like yo i can yeah. get i can get with that like, yeah. <laughs> like, like i saw it i saw it Rich Ladders pro wrestling yes like i saw it today and i was like wow and then I was like, I'm just gonna tell Rich to watch. It. I'm not even gonna say nothing. I'm just, I'm not even gonna give him like, is it good? Is it great? I'm like, hey man, check this out. And then you were like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, yeah, I thought so too. So yeah, they um, they told, and it's funny because we all, what we always say about like Kyrie saying, besides fetching carry by, but like she can do these short matches and they feel like full thought out, flesh 
fleshed out stories um, that that have a beginning, middle, end, and and a, and a winner. And this was all of that, except instead of in ten minutes, they did they did it in four minutes and like thirty in thirty seconds. Yeah, and I think yeah, it was like it was. You think of like some of the recent great matches that went really short, like uh, Goldberg Lesnar at WrestleMania thirty three. Um, what uh, the Kashida the Kashida in in uh. Hiromu match. What, what, yes, what was that two at? minutes. It was at the New Beginning, 2017, I believe. Yeah, like it's it's very it's so hard to get a match like that level. I mean, and then you know, there's also the uh, well, it probably didn't go five. It probably went longer than five minutes. So I probably think it went seven minutes or something like that. But like uh, that Dijakovic and Keith Lee match on from uh, NXT uh, about a month ago or maybe five, five six weeks ago. But it's very rare to find a match that have that have all of that in it. Like that much, like creativity, imagination, good wrestling, striking, selling, psychology, pace, and all of that, you know. And the look that. of somebody being done, like, like yeah. at the end, like fuck, yeah. like, like you, you saw a definitive winner, like, like there was no mistaking uh, what was going on there. Uh, you mentioned the yeah. voice of wrestling guys. I do want to give them a shout out for uh, shout me out over on their show this week, um, <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeremy as well, and all the social suplex clicks. So, uh, what's up, the voice of wrestling, Joe and Rich? Um, yeah, but another great match. I that I guess that'll wrap it up for our start starting portion. But um, looking forward to watching more and more and more. Like if I can ever carve out more time, because it's like I'm watching five hours of WWE a week that I don't know if I can continue doing. So. Um, <laughs> Look, and the, the, the best part is like you had like the two matches we just described, and then like you also had freaking uh, Duntaku, and I didn't even watch all of Duntaku. I only saw the uh, the first, the main event, the first night between Dragon Lee and Ishimori. So, like you were telling me that you think the Evil and the Ishi match was better, and you think that uh, Okada and Sonata knocked it out of the park again. So it's like, yes, it, it's like yo. This is why I like watching wrestling. This wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like. Like this is, you know, this, this one is is what makes you a fan and all that. But another match that made me feel like, damn, I'm watching great wrestling was Tessa Blanchard and Gail Kim at the Slammiversary show last week. We've seen the story a million times. Generation versus generation. The old greatest versus the new greatest. And mm-hmm. This was poetic. This was incredible. This was like the show for me. Um, I caught the last three matches, and the Brian Cage match couldn't touch this. The uh, main event was different in its own like kind of way. Obviously, it was like a car crash or whatever. But mm-hmm. as far as like you know, looking for pro wrestling, one versus one, regular rules like. Tessa Blanchard is moving high up the list right now because, you know, I don't know the status of Sasha Banks right now. And Gail Kim looks like she needs to unretire, uh, quit the bullshit, and, and do another <laughs> run. So, like, did you catch this match, James? Yeah, I saw it just, um, I saw it maybe like an hour or so ago. Yeah, like, how many women that aren't in WWE that are American are are there any that are uh, that you know of that are American wrestlers, um, female women wrestlers that aren't in WWE right now that are better than uh, Tessa? 
Because well, I, I don't, I can't think of one. Well, I don't need to come out there and say better. You have to say like as good or less than. Like <laughs> um, I'm just saying, like is there somebody I'm just forgetting though? Because you know, obviously, there's a bunch of wrestlers out right. there, there's a bunch of talent out there. Like my forgetting forget nobody, because I don't want to forget so, nobody. But like Tesla's, right. like you know, when you're talking about somebody that knows who they are as a wrestler already at this age, they have they're overflowing with sway. Even though she's prone to overacting sometimes, right? But yeah. She's, she's so not a good fast. Promo yet. Yeah, yeah, she's not a good promo. She's so fast, she's so aggressive. It's like the the heat turns up when when Tessa Blanchard wrestles. Like like yeah. you know what you're seeing. Yeah. Like her like her striking and her force and like her intensity are just like I dude, I don't give a damn what happens in the situation. At some point in time, we have to get a Tessa versus Charlotte match like at a, at some big spot, some big pay per view, and let them go fucking nuts and 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 burn the damn arena down because that those two look like they're perfectly built to wrestle each other as far as their intensity, their physicality in the ring that they both bring to it in a way that like you don't really see that against their like modern contemporaries mm-hmm. like you like you go back and you watch that Ronda match with. Uh, Charlotte at Survivor Series, and you see how like she like maws her face, and it's not even like she's trying to do it. It's almost like I'm finally in here with somebody that, like I feel like I can't break if if I try if I try too hard, Charlotte. And like Tessa definitely feel like you watch Tessa wrestle, like she definitely feels like she's uh, she's on that same similar vein of like she yeah she's working with somebody and it looks great, but it feels almost like she's all um, like. You can imagine that she's also holding back at the same time that she would break one of these small women. Yeah. Um, and I was actually, I think I was having a conversation with Jeremy uh, yesterday, and um, I was saying that I like the fact that Tessa Blanchard's in impact. Like, she can, and she yeah, can right. still go all around the world because she can still build her brand, like, as being the person until, because, you know, you look at who they're pushing in WWE. There might not be room for you right now. So wait it out, become as big as you can be, and eventually you're gonna probably you're gonna jump to a higher level, whether it's AEW, whether it's like who already has the inroad with her because she was on all in, or mm-hmm. the WWE eventually to do that match and that built in handed to you on a silver platter storyline with, with Charlotte and then yep. bring bring back Tully and Rick and then figure it all out and be like, yo, be like, you know, some people thought Tully was better than Rick. You know that are out there. I don't look. Yeah. I'm not one of those people, but I'm yeah. sure they're out there. So yeah, yeah, like I yeah, yeah. You're right about that because there is something about being like it's one thing to be a, one of the top people outside of one of the majors or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. It's another thing to be like the number one and not like the clear cut one. Is like who's the one that immediately comes to mind when you talk about American indie wrestling amongst the women? T- for me, it's Tessa. Like I mean, if, unless you want to say that like being an impact means that she's not independent, I would say okay, sure. But like I also saw her in Shimmer just the other, just just a month ago, so like she's not exclusively signed to them. So like she get she can get around and do what she needs to do, and like she can build that legend. Like I don't know if and when she like you know she comes up across a Nicole's Warrior, how many times they've done it in the past, but like at this point in stage in both their careers, I'd love to see that. Right. Um. Now we talk about like the talent of like Getsu Mercedes and, Martinez. Yeah, Jesus, Mercedes, can you imagine yeah. how good that match would be? Yes, 
<laughs> yes, I could. Shouts out to Mercedes Martinez. Just a um, just a damn t- just a damn tough ass match. Just like them being the hell out, slapping the hell out of each other. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, all the talent. I'm gonna have to, that, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to go on Google and see if that that exists. I'm, I'm sure it to. does. It has to. Yeah, it has to. You're right. So all I want to see. I want to see the 2019 though. Yeah, correct. Um, so all the talent we were talking about, like, made me start thinking about <clears throat> like WWE and how they position. Uh, the women's wrestlers there and the to put it politely the disparity from the bottom of the division to the top of the division and how often they have to interact with each other Mm -hmm. I think it's like a it's an issue in WWE that they still aren't pushing them hard enough and I think they are still lacking in talent in a lot of areas like they have one like main roster teacher and it's Natalia, right? And everyone can't wrestle her, right? There are there's no you mean one- like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So like just just hold on, just put it on pause. So you mean like teacher is like basically like almost like how we always say that Braun Strowman went to Mark Henry and Big Show and Kane, Big Man Camp. Right. And so like basically Natty's the one that has to show everyone the ropes when they get there. Uh, right. To the main roster, that's and, not like someone that's not like a person with like a bunch of matches in their past and worked like Shimmer, Stardom, pro wrestling Eve all around the world, that sort of thing. You mean right? And, okay, and they gotcha. and it seems like they don't let Mickey James assume that role at all. Like she's just old or whatever. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the Strowman thing because we were talking about Naya like in our group chat the other day, and I was like, well, Naya. She came out like, and we talked about it here on this show. Like her and Strowman started at the same time. She jumped out faster, right? But there yep. was less room for her to go because she was already kind of a finished product. Because there's no one really for her to learn from, like on the main roster. Like she's not gonna get to go to Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry, Big Woman Camp, or whatever. Like there's no one for her to learn from. Like she's gonna right. eventually have to be the teacher or whatever. Which is like, do you want Nia Jax being the teacher? And the thing is, like. I don't. It's a combo of them not pushing the women hard enough. I think not. Ha, well, excuse me. They have the women to push. Choosing not to push push them as hard as they could, and then like you know, I think there's just like when we saw that Becky Lynch and Alicia Fox match last week. It's like yo, Alicia Fox is, has never been like used as a main event person she's never been used like even as like really a mid card i know she's had the championship before but that's a whole nother era we're talking about there's no reason she should be having an eight minute competitive match with becky lynch i think part of the problem with a lot of the main event and people were seeing it now and then when charlotte took that belt off of oscar is they raised those three up to just this level this is just way the fuck up there that they have no choice now other than to like, like that's why Lacey Evans exists now. Like, they're they have to introduce somebody that, that doesn't have the stink on them or whatever to go fight one of these people, essentially. And mm-hmm. I think everyone else is pretty pretty much scarred, and you have to do massive amounts of rebuilding with them. You have to either put them or put them in a position that it won't warrant. Like, it it won't warrant them actually being a main eventer. Like you. Like, if they put that that briefcase on Alexa Bliss and then Alexa Bliss is back in the title picture, she's not a main eventer. She's not a main event talent. She's not someone that's going to be able to carve out uh, real estate on a WrestleMania card for something that matters. Like, 
and they only their problem is they only have a couple of women that matter, and it's completely 100% of their own doing because they could literally like there's no reason you're pushing Baron Corbin harder than you push Sasha Banks over the last two years there's no reason you're pushing Bobby Lashley harder than Asuka there's no reason that you're you're pushing Drew McIntyre who's like I don't like his resume just is day by day with him for me there's no reason you're pushing him harder than Bailey. like I don't know man like it's just like I don't think they've done a good job. They haven't. And the reason why is because they still look at the women's division like as an ancillary thing in, sim- in a, in a um, novelty act similar to that of tag team wrestling. And we all know that Vince is not is never giving a solitary fuck about the tag team division as far as something that you push and promote on par with, you know, the inter- even the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title or the, uh, or the main, especially the, t- the main titles. Like, if the if the idea is that you have the women's divisions, tag divisions, and the men's singles divisions, um, and you and you are trying to push them all as e- or you know things that are on equally recognizable and respectable footing, then you're going to need a mid card. And you say what you want lament like you say you joke make all the jokes in the world about like there are no main vendors. In the men's single division, they're all mid carders, and like you can make that joke if you want to, but there's a mid card division and it's, and it's relatively deep amongst between both brands. So then you look at the women's divisions, and you look at and you look at um you know, let's look at SmackDown for example. The two main eventers are Becky Charlotte. Is there anybody else you want to say is a main eventer for the women or for the women's division on SmackDown? No. Okay. So then, after that, for the mid for the mid card, right? Um, Oscar was in it, but now she's in a tag. She's in a tag uh, right now, and that's all. And that and that tag division also like is pulling people away because you could have Kyrie, you could have Oscar, both be incredible mid carders um, in each division, but like that you paired them off together and you put her put them with Paige. So I that's, wonder why. Yes, that's your doing, right? Um, so then after that, you have. Bailey, who has to has to build her credibility back after what happened with the tag thing uh, blowing up. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, uh, Ember, who has never gotten a fair shake, but is one of more talented, one of the most talented women, and someone that even though she's not a good promo, is someone that you can. That's someone that should be having Paige with her, not carrying in in Oscar. All you gotta do is subtitle them and let them just cuss you on in Japanese. And we've seen that, and we've seen that plenty of times with Oscar when she fires up and 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 yells out at people. We feel the, the crowd is the crowd is into that. They like the the tone is universal. We don't need the you know we don't need that. But that's what they decide to do. So that's that's those are the consequences of of you know decisions you make. So then you look at the raw on the other end, right? You got Becky for now. Um, I, I mean, because of the, the way she's been pushed historically, you have to say Alessa is a main eventer. Um, but in theory, she's not. Like she's when, not when, when she's put into practice, she, she's not. You're right because she's, she's. I mean, she just lost to, to Naomi. You're right. In theory, she isn't. But I'm saying, like, if there's somebody that you can say, all right, if we do some rehab on this person uh, for let's say a month, six weeks, we can get them back to a level where they think that person is should be at the top of the women's division or or one of the people that or a main eventer main event status should be one of them. I'm not saying I'm not saying anything about her skill about how good she is or isn't. 
but she has she she has something that most of these women do not have because they, because of the push that she and protection that she was giving given for years um and that is credibility like she like there's a reason why when she comes out people give a give a half of a damn as opposed to when Alicia Voss comes out and like people don't do anything until they like pop because she does something wacky as hell or Mickey James because they remember Mickey James is a legend uh but they but in that in that that is like all right they're not going to do nothing with her so why well, okay yeah. shrug <clears throat> Right. Like and then Ember, you know, you look at around Evolution time last year, where she actually like the crowd was into her and they wanted to see it in a similar way to like right before Survivor Series, people wanted to see Asuka. and that they never capitalized on that, and it just is what it is. And you know, unfortunately, she also got hurt, so they also like whether or not they want to push her, can't get pushed while you're hurt unless you're like Austin, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so and they're not gonna put you on TV unless you're you know. Unless you they, they see you as a Roman Reigns type or a top star where they like they want to keep tabs on you. Don't forget, like this star is coming back. Don't you forget? Like they treat like uh, when Kerry was gonna come back for the for, for world class. Like don't try, look when Roman when Roman had that hernia surgery, he was out for weeks and weeks or actually a couple months or whatever else. Right? They kept doing those those uh, those via satellite check ins with Michael Cole. Which was weird too. All that was was don't worry, Dallas. Carrie's coming back. That's all that. That's all that was. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. I, it, this is like an overall, like kind of like larger conversation, and it's like I don't want to see them separated onto their own show. It's like I want to see the people that I know are stars mm-hmm. get their run. Yeah. Like get a run, get some type of run. Like not. It, but the thing is, right, and it's not like yo, this person needs to hold a belt for this amount of time. Then this person, right. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, there's no reason a Baron Corbin has been pushed harder than half of these women. There's, there's yeah. no, no answer for it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And like, this is just a smaller part of the larger problem of WWE's booking, to where like, you can't make heads or tell, uh, you can't make heads or tails of what they're trying to do with who, and then once you try to make once you try to make sense of what's going on next or like what is who was going to get billed all of a sudden something nonsensical happens and you're like well wait they weren't even trying to do that they were just doing shit or they changed their minds so it's like it causes you to care less and just like glaze over like they're they're and make you think like everybody's been ruined like look look what they're doing with roman they brought roman back hit it brought Roman back to have a 10 minute match with with at wrestlemania with drew mcintyre <laughs> Then they immediately have him. Uh, they immediately have him feud with Shane. Who the fuck would want to see the top star feud with Shane? And you know, not me. Like, <laughs> so, like, I, you know, and and that's your top guy. And then if you want to say, well, no, that's not a top guy. The top guy is actually Lesnar because Lesnar was a champion and star. They gave him go-away heat last year trying to get Roman Reigns over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is all stuff. And, like, you know, a lot of the fan base feels like the the perception is now the reality because they put, move, they pushed the perception, you know, on screen. So now people are like, well, look, they're also, it's the, you know, affirms your confirmation bias. So now people are like, yeah, it's definitely he don't give a shit. He only tries when he wants to. And yeah, like, he's given us more of an effort to, you know, give a shit in, um, in title matches lately or whatever else. But that still don't kill the fact that, like, 
He shows his ass up. He does absolutely nothing. He bounces around as Heyman like comes up with or you know comes up with the 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 40th uh, contrived promo to try to get you to care about Brock Lesnar fighting somebody. Um, yeah. And then he has a match, and is always some, some is never a normal match where someone just wins, someone loses. It's always someone either gets squashed. There's some something screwy with the finish. It's always something, or he busts somebody's head open, he, right? He'll make you think that he shot on somebody, and then he'll fucking hit you with his fake wrestling move, and you're like, "Well, wait, what? What are you even trying to accomplish here?" Which so, one is it? So yeah, so like, what if you? So my point is like, if you can screw up with your top guys, then like. Everything below that also is going to struggle and and feel like even less meaningful. So, like when we talk about how you know they can't do that with their with people they consider as their top stars or whatever else they they protect. Like what happens when it comes to a Sasha Banks, a Oscar, a Bailey, an Ember, a Mickey James, a an Natalia, a Naomi, whoever else, whoever else they want to bring in. Like we we were just talking about. Um, we were just talking about Tessa, and yeah. we also mentioned um, Mercedes Martinez, and we also mentioned Nicole Savoy. And y'all, you always think like, why the hell? There, you know, some of them in, they've all been in the Mae Young Classic. They all know these people, right? Like, you know, there's been talk about Tessa's previous attitude issues or whatever else, but like that talent is the kind of talent that you gotta you'll deal with some of that some of that headache or whatever else uh, uh, because she's so talented. Right, but then like, I just imagine right now they end up on NXT. They're they're facing Mia Yim and Shayna and another person who should be up on the main roster. Yeah. Um, and Bianca and uh, Candice and whoever else. They do their time. They do their year. Their year in a day, like it's like it's prison. Yep. <laughs> they're a year in a day or two years or whatever, and then they end up on the main roster. And then what? And. And you look at the last the last two batches of or sorry, well, the last two years of NXT call ups, right? And we were talking about this with WrestleMania. Why do you have seventeen matches on this card and only like six people that have debuted uh from NXT to the main roster within the last two in the last twenty four months even made the main roster card or made the main card? It's like so you mean to tell me like more or less you have to you have to and only one of them was a singles match, and that was uh, McIntyre. So basically what you're saying is, unless you're six foot five, 265 pounds, like, <laughs> like a Greek god, right? And look, whatever. If, if, that's what, if that's what you have to be, that's what you have to be, fine. But Don't tell us there's something else that you need to be. Right, right. And also, like, don't tell us that, like, you've broke that. Don't tell us that, like, you've done a good job with these people when you brought in two different badges of people in the last, what, Five months in the last five months, uh, or or let's even go back to the whole two years thing again. Like you brought in all these people, you mean to tell me you struck out with with basically three classes of groups of people over two years, and you've already like, oh, we we, we no, nah, we can't build somebody and you know and have them and have them ready to go um, in two years. It, it takes two years to build up to that. It's like bullshit. Like I saw how fast you built Finn Balor. And then he got hurt, and then like you said, fuck him. But he was made in one day. He won a three. Was it a four way or three way? I think it was a four way. Three way. Okay, he won that three way. He beat Roman Reigns. Four way. Sorry. Oh, okay. Four way. He won a four way, um, and, and won in a, won the opening two hours of Raw, 
went in the main event, beat Roman Reigns, who was, you know, going to uh was he fresh off or was he going into the suspension? He was fresh off the suspension. Fresh off the suspension. He beats the he beats the guy that, that was the top guy or whatever else. And then he immediately then he goes on, he beats the number two guy or whatever else. And then like they they made him and he unfortunately he ended up getting a smash his shoulder separating that match. But that's how you build a guy. Like you look at Braun Strowman. It didn't take Braun Strowman two years to get to where he was as far as over. It took him relatively, like if you started when he went solo and got away from the Wyatt family, it took him from that first uh, Raw that we were just talking about with Balor. And by the time you get to, what, a week after WrestleMania, that's where he was? That's less than a year. Yeah. So there's something going on to where, like, I don't, it's just a, it's just a, they're, they're considered a star-making factory, and then they complain about the fact that, like, their stars are injured, therefore the, they didn't, uh, the house, the draw on the house are, are all low. But in reality, you guys are shitty at making stars, and you haven't really made a, you haven't made a, a money-drawing star, a significant money-drawing star since John Cena, and that was, that was 2005 or something like that, 2006. Like, Roman, Roman is somebody that they made the top star, and he was number one guy, but in this era, it's impossible to be a, a top draw in a way that even John Cena was, because you have 50-50 everyone to death. You made everyone like fucking lose at different points in time. Hell, Roman Reigns had a losing record on pay per view in 2017. For fuck's sake, <sighs> we've been here before. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, all, it always comes back to the star making machine is broken because. They do not make wins and losses matter. Therefore, if nothing matters, how can I care about the person that's out here winning and losing nothing matches? Yep. Um, somebody that's been in nothing matches uh, for a while uh, is Luke Harper. Uh, and it seems like he's not going anywhere. He's had time added to uh, <laughs> what he got going on with WWE. So not only will we not give you your release, we're going to go ahead and tack on uh, another six months just for good measure. Just to send a message to everybody in the locker room, we don't care if you're unhappy here. Uh, you independent contractor, you are staying, whether you like it or not, and we will either bury you or, or use you or not use you at all. So with uh, Luke Harper, it's like, yo, <laughs> like he basically told Vince in writing, uh, like, like Vince McMahon in writing told Luke that he's not going to release him. Of course, he had the Sami Zayn program that was dropped. Vince is still pissed, apparently, that um, he couldn't even do a Southern accent, and that was years ago. And Vince got pissed. Wait, at are you talking about like the I'm a team player from like going into Survivor Series 14? I I would guess, yeah. Survivor Series 14. That was almost five years ago, Rich. Yes. Um, and there they are made, a lot of people saying Luke him, needs to get out of the company. They made, him inter, they made him the Intercontinental Champion during that time. Like, the very next pay you had that Survivor Series, that TLC match, you had that ladder match with, uh, or that TLC pay-per-view, you had that ladder match, that great ladder match with, with Ziggler. Like, what? I don't... Yeah. This, like, Vince look, just doesn't man. get him. <clears throat> and... Well, of course he doesn't get them. He of doesn't get anybody. Not. They're yeah. all, they're, you know, they're all millennials. So, 
Yeah, you know, Luke is almost 40, but whatever. Um, well, I mean, that's the age of millennials now. That's why yeah. the reason why when he said that shit to, to Austin, it made no sense in 2000, was that 15 or something, or 16? He's like, you know, millennials, Cesaro, and, and you know, I uh, they, they grab the brass ring, pal, and all the other bullshit. It's like, dude, these are grown-ass adults. You know how old millennials are? Like, that's not just code word. That's not a code word for, for young people. Like, they're grown-ass adults with kids and, and run businesses and pay their taxes just like everybody else <laughs> that are millennials. What are you talking about? That's nonsense. That is old. That is you are old. That is not millennials. That is you are old, Vince. They said they're not even putting this man on a brand, James. Like, so um, poor Luke Harper. Uh, all he did was, you know, handle himself with class, um, you know, put out a very thoughtful, uh, you know, and, and it, this goes back to, before WrestleMania where he said he was going to try to make that match at access mean as much as it could, mm-hmm. you know, he did his yeah, thing. I, yeah. I haven't watched the match yet, but I heard it was great. And after that, like, it's just like, yo, all right, you're not going to use me like on either roster. You still like, like you're pissed at me over a dark match with EC three where the stuff you want to see EC three and Drake Maverick didn't go well. So you're pissed at me. I don't need to be here. I'll just ask for my release. And then it's like, nah, just because you want to be petty, you want to make sure you're not sending this guy that could turn to a star. F- fix your, fix your machine, Vince. Like that, that's all it is. <clears throat> um, yeah. And, and the thing for me, when it comes to, uh, them, you know, adding time to people injured or adding time from people are out past six weeks. So that like it rolls over. Um, so you, they can get all the dates they need to out of you quote unquote or to, you know, stall you out um, until you eventually like break and like resign. Um, like, I understand the game theory on that, but there is a uh, there is a sunk cost in that, and the sunk cost is the fact that like people are going to think of y'all in a bad light from from a PR standpoint. And you know, I'm not necessarily it's not definitely not you know on par with the um Saudi Arabia stuff but like there's been a lot of noise especially since Russell at that at positive ass WrestleMania we had all the you know all the kumbaya finishes and shit that <laughs> like Sasha's a, you know they they completely like I don't know they, they they completely say we're gonna fuck you over against Sasha and Sasha said I think I'm good on that um and then you have Luke Harper when you know like he was geared up for something else and they said nah like we're gonna start you out yet again and you know um, and then you end up with, and I'm not even saying these people that are supposed to be like the top, you know, going to be like the next Steve Austin's or whatever. But like, these are people that can, that, that help the quality of the product because of how talented they are regardless. So like the more, there's no such thing as, you know, we always talk about like in, 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 you know, in football, you can never have too many pass rushers. Um, you can never have too many cover corners. You can never have too many running backs and in baseball. You can never have too much pitching. Like you could never have too many good wrestlers. It's, it's impossible. It's literally impossible to have too many good wrestlers, right? So, like, when you decide, like, we're just going to not use this person, it's like, I mean, yikes. And But Hold'em's like, I mean, cool, but, like, you could make use out of them by, like, going, taking them to NXT UK or taking them to NXT and just beating the piss out of them in, in like, great matches and let the other people try to get over uh, and let them, you know, use them get over. Like, they're, I mean, they're kind of doing that with Cash Zona when they rented him out to, to UK as well. So I don't like you can make use of these people to benefit like what you're trying to do like and that's you know but then again you know wins losses don't matter so maybe they see that as well it don't matter just send their ass home yep and let them collect their downside and let put put their ass on the ice for the rest of their life and it's like that is 
I I understand the game theory of that, but people, you're always gonna come off looking like the bad guy. And, and they don't want to be the bad guy promotion, James. That's that's the thing. But it's like allegedly, and, and, yeah, uh, allegedly, uh, yeah. Unless unless you know, like Bret Hart decides to mention like Vince McMahon's name during a fucking uh, Hall of Fame speech, then 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 it's like you know you get cussed out and shit and allegedly fired or somebody quits because they're tired of this shit yeah um so something else going on leo rush uh we did a long segment um over on our lop show so pretty much just to follow that up there's been like leo himself has (laughs) apparently he's turned down a contract uh i guess it may be three hundred thousand a year uh, because i figured there's no way that it's three hundred thousand for five years uh because that would be insane um he did a interview. That'd be with, less than what he's probably already making. Right. He'd be. He did a interview with Fightful, which is like crazy because WWE does not allow their wrestlers to do these type of things. And I'm just wondering, like, who's gonna like just test it? Like, if you want to get out of there, what will you do to to uh, make to ensure that you can do it? And talking to uh, the 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 wrestling journalists, that's a, that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. Well, my thing is like, if you're trying to get fired. Right, and you talk about permission, like, all right, like, let's say you weren't quote unquote authorized to do it, like, and you say, well, fuck them, I'm done, I'm, I, I want to get fired, or I want to try to get fired, or I want to, you know, uh, show them that I'm not a pusher or whatever else. Like, you do an interview, what they're gonna be like, well, WWE didn't give me access to you, fuck out of here, they're gonna run the story or whatever happened. So, I don't know about like, I don't know, like, did WWE actually. "Quote unquote," give him permission to get an interview, or did he just like on his own to say "fucking I'm 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 sick like, of this"? From, I'm just gonna from what you know, I, give out my my side of the story. From what I gather, uh, Leo named Fightful in uh, his initial series of tweets, and right. uh, what happened was Fightful reached out to him like, "Hey, let's let's make this right. Like, don't be like right. slandering our name." And I guess they just got yeah. access. I don't know anything about WWE granting yeah. any permission. Okay. Okay, so another reason why I brought that up is because, like, apparently when they brought up, uh, when I read the article about him doing the inter- to sit down or the call and interview with uh, with uh, SAP or whatever else, he mentioned that, like, he did reach out to um, Leo Rush before he printed what he printed, and he never either got, either he never got back to him or, or it was a no-comment situation. So it was like, he did the lead work on the front end and then like for him to get called a liar or whatever else after or people are printing fa- fabrications and it's like well i actually went to you for you to clear this up on the front end and then you decided not to do it for whatever reason and whatever reason is like that's on you like if wwe doesn't let you and you don't or wwe tells you not to and then you don't want to it doesn't mean that i have to hold my information i just say that i reached out you ain't say shit so i ran with it right um so then he comes back again and like, do I need clarification on these comments? He's like, well, you know how much easier this would work if you just went on the front end and did this? Like, maybe this was the last straw. I don't know. Um, he's Leo's talking about. Uh, he's been like, he's not making the the money that he should be making, and um, there's a um, deal where you know he's not getting merch checks for the last lease shirts. He's uh, paying his own rental for five days in a hotel while not making the money. We had Mark Henry and Booker or Mark Henry going at Leo Rush and telling him like, 
you know, you make enough money to do whatever, like watch your, it's your spending that needs to change and all this stuff. And it's just like the stuff Mark Henry's been saying, like, and I've been sending it to you, uh, in private threads for a while is sounding real bad. And, and on a lot of yeah. different situations that would get him yeah. called names in normal situations. Yikes. So, um, the, the thing that's funny for me is this dude like lived the life on the Indies so, like, for you to tell me that all of a sudden, like, his spending habits are out of control, um, I find that hard to believe because, like, them dudes be, like, sleeping in the same beds as each other, to, like, to make towns and shit on the Indies. So, um, sorry, I ain't believing that shit. Like, <laughs> the, 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 quote, the quote Uncle Chad Butler, I ain't, I ain't believing that shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm the same thing as you. Like, all of a sudden he got WWE and then all of a sudden, like, he decided, like, you know, like also, oh, I just got a check. I just got a check from Stanford. I I woke up in a new Bugatti. Come on now, like you expect me to believe that? I don't know, man. Like it's I gotta yeah, man. It, it, I just think with Leo Rush, like and also, oh, sorry, sorry, but also the thing about like he should have came to me. I asked him if he was okay. He's like, dude. I don't know about you, but like when y'all were in trouble, like in school or else, y'all like used to like talk to the hall monitor, like the like or the snitch and your and your um or liaison or whatever else, because like during like that's getting ran up to to, to boss man, and I'm not trying to deal with boss man because I'm trying to just do my job without like you know dealing with authority. Like it's kind of you know it's kind of my thing. Like I don't know how you how y'all how you see that or whatever else, but like you like you are a nah no thank you. Like, Mark Henry, you are the office, like, at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, it's something else, you know, for me, looking at that situation, it's like older generations of black folks against younger generations of black folks. And yep. You don't know how good you had it. It's like, okay. It's like, yo. like, yeah, you might have a point. Um, But it doesn't mean that, like, things are copacetic as you think it is, sir. Yeah, and the thing is, with like, like you know, the, you know, when I was coming up, this is what we had to do. But maybe like Leo Rush doesn't want to do that shit, and maybe he doesn't feel like he has to do that shit. Like, oh, are you talking about the water bottle stuff? Yeah, that and carrying bags and driving people around. Like, maybe he doesn't feel like he he wants to do. That. I know that's a thing. Like, or, obviously, or, guys or, do that. Or better yet, like y'all are grown adults. Why the fuck are you having other people do like grunt work? Like you, like you are your own adult. You live your own life. When you're in your house, like do you have other people? Do you have servants? No. Okay, so why the fuck would you come on the road and expect to have servants that are also doing the same job as you? They're they're fucking coworkers. They're not they're not do boys or do girls. Get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. I think we look at it a lot different uh, in these these situations than it's always oh, been done in wrestling. Well, well, look. That always been done in wrestling shit. It sounds really good and great until you say that like we are clearing the locker room of the kinds of people that that help breed that kind of culture. But then you want to also get rid of the bad the bad eggs that create help create that culture over decades, and then want to keep parts of that same culture that was that makes sense to you. They they want to keep that culture and put them in management positions, James. There's a Triple H promo going around from uh, the uh, Slammy Awards uh, that you can yep. find on Twitter and check it out yourselves. But, yep. um, <clears throat> yeah, man, uh, more bad news for on the WWE front. Like, like, uh, well, real quick, like, we talked about the Undertaker and uh, it was a wrestler's court or whatever else. Like, yeah. no, there should not be a fucking wrestler's court. You know how you handle that? Fucking HR department. That's how you handle that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, am, am I wrong? Am I wrong here? I, I just feel like wrestling is just this backwards business, and it's like for so long it was so secret, and it was just so hard to get information about it now, and they're going through the period where enough information has been out there for a certain amount of time. Outsiders are looking at them like, why is this going on? This is completely wrong. This would never happen anywhere else, like in any other legitimate form of work. And I guess that's where I where I can get messed up because wrestling is legitimate. Like, I don't know how that's exactly going to fly. Here's the thing. What? Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Des Bryant in 2010 NFL draft? I think so. Okay, so when he was a rookie for the Cowboys, uh, someone tried to run this carry my bags rook uh, game on him. And you saw, you know what he did? What'd he do? He said, sure, I'll do it if you can whoop me for it. <laughs> he didn't carry no bags. To my knowledge, he didn't carry no, the person that was trying to get him to carry bags that, that was like the veteran receiver at the time. No one, no, he wasn't carrying his bags anymore. Like, and they don't need, they don't need to go to that situation because like they, they don't need to be fighting or whatever else. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's a fucking fake job and people are actors, or whatever else. But like, if they're, if you want to say it's fake and these people are actors or whatever, it is more of a stage play, whatever else. Cool. But like, don't tell me that when I, if I take my ass to Broadway and sit in on, on people like uh, going through their blocking that they're having their understudies, like be fucking geeks and do boys for them. That's absurd. I'm sure people do that out of respect to be nice to whoever is, is, you know, whatever. But, like, it's not something where, like, yeah, we lean on you and we expect this sort of stuff from you guys and you got to pack shit up or whatever. I was like, no, there's grips and people backstage to handle that shit. Think all the geeks that work in production uh, or travel with them that they do next to nothing uh, or whatever else. Like, that's stuff that they should be handling. And also... They made like how much? How many? How many millions of dollars in profit last year? Over a hundred? <laughs> yes. Hundred like one hundred twenty million dollars. Why are there people carrying the water for them? Yeah. Um, Look, you mean to tell me that you couldn't pay somebody? Uh, you got rid of Pyro. Use that money that you save on Pyro and buy two guys and, and get one guy for the SmackDown tour, one person for the uh, Raw tour, and you still come out. You still come out <clears throat> saving much money on Pyro. That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's a lot in that interview. I encourage you guys to go check it out on Fightful uh, with Sean Ross Sapp. I'm not going to get into everything here, but, um, yeah, I, I'd advise you guys to check it out. But Goldberg uh, is going to Saudi Arabia, and I'm kind of blown. Um, I actually just dropped Episode 7 of The Road to 173-0, and so I'm all, like, in full Goldberg mode right now. Like, I'm about 35 matches deep uh, in actual, like, watch things, and I'm just like, damn. Like, this one is just weird. And on top of the fact that he's, you know, 50-something, it's Saudi Arabia. It's that fucking show over there that where they came and say they're at. <sighs> and apparently they, this, was a, this was defense as well. So, yeah, lots to unpack there on, on Goldberg being Saudi Arabia. What do you think? What did you think when you heard about this news, James? I was surprised um, that he decided to come back, but I mean, whatever. Checks a check for him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, he, um, he is a businessman, if nothing else, right? Historically, right. Um, so I'm I'm kind of surprised that that's the route he decided to go. But you know, it's one of those situations where WWE felt they need to get him off the board. So you you know you bring him in to do something like that, which is appropriate for like. Um, that sort of thing, which is kind of like when you were talking about uh, the proliferation of 
uh, and the bloat with all of the main, or sorry, the part-timers, whatever else, that you were like, yeah, like, anything goes on these, you know, Saudi Arabia or Australian shows, whatever else, because it's like, let them have their matches there, let them get the fuck away from WrestleMania to where we can try to minimize the impact of, or, or, or sorry, the bloat of all of the main roster people, or sorry, the uh, part-timer people taking away from the main roster's ability to shine. You only need, like, you know, one, two, maybe even three of those guys. You don't need, like, six or seven, like, last year, or this year's WrestleMania, where you have uh, a retirement match with Angle. You have Cena going out there to whoop a last ass for the second WrestleMania in a row. You have, uh, you have Batista, Batista versus Triple H. Uh, and you have Brock Lesnar uh, parachuting in. Was that? Uh, and you also have Shane. That's six. In the year before, it was you know more or less the same people every single year. It's kind of been like that since WrestleMania 32, more or less. So, and uh, last year I actually had those Undertake Undertaker, and then this year we had Undertaker after WrestleMania. So, so yeah, like it makes sense that it, it makes sense that like you move Goldberg off to that or whatever else. But it's like you know it, it it's kind of thing of. You're kind of surprised that Goldberg. I mean, if I guess you're kind of surprised that Goldberg decided to do this. For me, it's like I never, I never knew what Goldberg's politics were or whatever else. I just know that he's always been a person that's into making money because he's not a mark. So, <laughs> so it was like, you know, in the same sister, same situation where like, you know, like, oh, Randy Orton's definitely going to Saudi Arabia. Ain't even no, ain't no fucking doubt he's going to Saudi Arabia. Right. I, you know, like if you if if you had asked me beforehand, be like, would he go to Saudi Arabia? I'd probably be like, yeah, probably. So yeah, I guess I'm kind of my position is kind of a uh, from detached from not knowing his politics or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of just I kind of and just knowing the history of him going out to get that money, uh, I figured that's kind of I kind of would have assumed that's what he would have done. So to me, I'm kind of not as surprised. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. How, what What is your personal feeling on it? That makes you feel different though. I guess I guess I want to kind of ask. Uh, I don't know. It's just like you always hear these stories about how charitable Goldberg is and all the work he always yeah. does with kids. And yeah, um, I don't know. It's just like and then like the double whammy on that was like Mick Foley was saying he would go over there, and now it's like, yeah. bro, and well, Foley's like. He's the opposite. Do you think it's a generational thing? I think is these dudes see see bags falling from the sky right now. That's what I mean. Like Goldberg, Mick Foley, those guys grew up in an era where it's like the job is to make as much money as you possibly can, and if you also can do you know some bit of good to um, to kind of inspire the future generations with your work or your promos or whatever have you cool but this is a money making business first and foremost and you are and you were an independent contractor as opposed to now it's like you know there's so many outlets there's so much stuff around like you can you know you, you can, can write a book pick who start you a podcast work. do like a fucking video do a world a speaking tour do like yeah. whatever yeah like i i think now, i think now there are more options for people to actually be able to um and also like there's more awareness now because of you know social media and proliferation of internet where it's like you can get more insight into you know who you're who exactly you're working for and if you actually want to fuck with them for real so so yeah i I kind of um so i think i think that might be it you know and like the more you're into that and the more you were you know from that era of get this paper I, i feel like you're more or less you're more or less likely to you know not uh not really care that much about where that money comes from or if there's blood on that money or whatever else. Yeah. Um, all money ain't good money. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Roman Reigns is going to be on raw this week. Uh, apparently the brand split already taking a dump. 
Um, is he for sure? Was it or was it just because uh, I, I didn't know if that was a, I, I, I heard it was an there. angle about him going to Raw, but I was like, I I, I don't care because it's like whatever. He's, he's if said, he shows up, he shows up. If he doesn't, he doesn't. He said he's gonna be there. Um, okay. And there's a there's a story going around. I believe Voice of Wrestling had sent it out. It was like they had a house show scheduled in Corbin, Kentucky. Yes, Corbin. Uh, what a town name. Uh, what's up, Ricky? <laughs> um, but. The, apparently it was like low ticket sales and then all those dudes like they had you know they they're still out on the road an extra day and it was like what well, we might as well just bring ass to raw uh i don't know if this is a function of going to corbin kentucky or just more of the the jet the downtrend of what's going on with wwe right now like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah i mean um yeah i, I mean we'll see uh was that the only show that ever that's that's been canceled because of low sales? Of, of sales? late, uh, of late, like the only other shows that I could think of that have been canceled because of low ticket sales was like the India show when Junior Mahal was the champion. And they oh went from yeah, two, when they went from two dates to one, right? Yeah, and Triple H beat that man. Yes, smart move, Triple H, not laying down. <laughs> um, but look, cut, look, cut. We always talk about you know Triple H and you know he knows his past his prime and this and the third or whatever else. Like this man said, nah, bro, I'm I'm, I'm beating you. <laughs> I'm, I'm beating you. <laughs> help the future of the business? Nah, we don't need to help that much. No, not not yeah. for that dude. Um, like just, look, just look, look, just because Vince pushing don't mean it. I don't mean that I got. To. Like, like, look, I like, I, I run NAC. Have you seen my eye for talent? Okay, then. Um, but yeah, uh, so Roman will be on Raw. Who knows who else will be uh, there from SmackDown? But he says he has some type of storyline. He is holding the Universal Championship in his new avatar on Twitter. So uh, take that for however you want to take it. Um, hmm. Moving on, uh, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho showed up at a show that Cody was uh, advertised for in Georgia, and Kenny gave uh, he attacked Jericho, jumped out on him, pretty much, you know, returned the favor from I guess all in before, and also the press conference when you know Jericho just you know took it to him off rip, gave him the dragon suplex, and I believe he cut a promo as well, but uh, and you know on to build their match up for double or nothing, which I'm very excited about. Um, and then apparently wrestling Don Taku last night, um, sidetrack Tomohiro Ishii needs the main event, the next Wrestle Kingdom. And I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Um, <laughs> kiss my ass, you know, and you know, oh, I might as well just, uh, shake my dick, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I'm trying to think. So, and the, what would the machinations would what would the machinations be for that to actually happen? Like, okay, so I guess what I'm saying is, if we're getting Ishii, uh, so I'm assuming he wins the G1, right? Yes. He was, he, okay, so for him to win the G1, what will you have to do with Okada, Ibushi, Jay White, Naito, and Tanahashi to, or where will you put them as far as I guess? If you can't, I mean, because it's kind of elaborate for me to be like, yeah, book five guys uh, yeah. a year out from now. But look, I, you what, know where I put them. So, hold on. so I'm saying like, I guess I'm saying is, um, all right, if you are, I guess you also have the clue Jericho. Jericho ain't doing no damn G1. We know that he'll fucking die. But <laughs> um, <laughs> if that is the case, if you if you were going to put him in as a G1 winner that goes to Rose Kingdom, like what 
like who who will be the champion at that point in time and like what do you see as like the kind of the layout of like the other heavy hitters in New Japan for that to be uh for, at Wrestle Kingdom for that like to take place um maybe okay so first I will put everybody else underneath Tomohiro Ishii. That's where, where I will put everybody else. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't care. They, 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 okay. they, they can have an a, a eight-man uh, match together and die for all I care. Okay, but, so, no, I'm just all right, so, so I know you're joking, but yeah. seriously, like, we were just talking about how they obviously are totally different uh, companies. They do totally different things. But we just saw how... Kenny left um, after Russell Kingdom, and they immediately slotted uh, Jay White into into that into the top the top Gaijin role, right? And they made him a champion at the very the very first chance they could, right? So you have stuff like that, and then you also look at Stardom where Arisa Hashiki she like she after five months of part time and she's a full timer, she wants to settle around a tournament and she's going to challenge uh, Momo for the uh, title eventually. Probably the next uh, Kirkland Hall show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. B Priestley, she look. She has she has now become a full time member. We are making her the top champion, even though she was a mid Carter, right? A flat out mid Carter. And one night we got over though. Okay. Uh. So, knowing that Abushi signed a lifetime contract. <laughs> How are you going to get? How are you going to get him off the table? You have to explain okay. how to get him off the table so, because for me, when he, once he signed on and he said it was for life, I was like, okay, he's winning the G one, he's going to Wrestle Kingdom, and he's winning the fucking title at Wrestle Kingdom this year. So, like, okay. I mean, obviously things a little things might be different from my, perspe- my perception as a casual uh, New Japan fan, but that's a big ass, that's a big face joke that you're gonna have to nominal. knock off. And I'm trying to figure out how you do that. So he has to. So I, all right. So, Okada and Jericho are at Dominion. We're going to get there in a minute, people. I promise. Uh, we have okay. also at Dominion, Naito and Ibushi. So, Kota Ibushi okay. will drop the Intercontinental title, the Perpetual Intercontinental, to the Perpetual Intercontinental <laughs> Champion to again? see Naito move again? him to the side again. Oh, my God. Move him to the side. Okay. Sorry, Naito. Um... And Naito will go to the G1 and have a wonderful performance and, uh, you know, see, uh, you know, underneath, you will support Tomohiro Ishii at the top of the card. Um, Tomohiro Ishii, on the other hand, will, after Okada puts a rainmaker through Chris Jericho's face uh, at, at the G1. Tomohiro Ishii will walk out. Wait, you mean, you mean at Dominion? Oh, at, at, at Dominion. Sorry. Okay. Tomohiro Ishii will walk out and and point at the championship, but there, there but Rich, there are there are no no championship shows there. I've got it fixed here. So Okada and Tomohiro Ishii will be in the same block as each other while Okada is the champion. Tomohiro Ishii will defeat Kazuzuka Okada during that block play. Kota Ibushi will will continue his reign on. Tomohiro Ishii will not win the block. We will get. Kazuchika Okada versus uh, uh, Kota Ibushi for the uh, G1 Championship. Kota Ibushi okay. will defeat Kazuchika Okada. And then, at King of Pro Wrestling, Tomohiro Ishii will win the IWGP Championship from Kazuchika Okada. And something okay. will happen. Something will happen to where 
Naito and Okada fight each other for the white belt in this case. Okay. And then okay. Kota Ibushi and Tomohiro Ishii for your main event of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Run it. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. I just I just like look, man. I have a hard time imagining like, you know, I just have a real hard time imagining Abushi not being not winning the G1 and not winning and not going to Wrestle Kingdom. But like, if we we're making it to where like Ishii beats him and Ishii basically gets like uh, almost like a Strowman run that, that, that Strowman should have gotten with the belt, and then he drops it off at, at the show. Fine, and to the to the person that's going to be the actual top guy. Sure, great. Like. That's that's that that's Look, that's then, more than fine. You're then, right. Yeah, that works. And then Naito can beat Okada, like at, at the dome, like everybody wants in, in the main event <laughs> uh, on the one day of Wrestle Kingdom, and then the other day will be Ishii and Ibushi, and then uh, Okada will eventually, uh, you know. He, he will work his way into getting back to the champion uh, at that time, Kota Ibushi, at next summer's Dominion. So oh I laid out a year for you, Gato. <laughs> Go book it. And, and look, and, and I'm sure if we were to put other factors like Kenny, I could work him into the story too. So oh y'all just let me know. Uh, fantasy booking with Rich Ladder here. But oh my god! So I'm guessing. I, so I'm guessing in this situation, situation that like Tanahashi. Uh, Jericho is uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 in this scenario. Yes. Because, like, yes. Like, sure, why not, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, I, cool. And I, and I would throw, like, even uh, Kenny versus Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom, too. Put, put, put that out there, too. So, um, yeah. But at Dominion, uh, back to reality here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this shit broke into an episode of Keeping a Strong Style. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know. What has happened here? I, and the only reason I've gone this hard for Tobi I watched a match he had with Evil last night, and it was just great. And then I was like, so at what point can we just take this underrated label off this man and be like, this is flat out one of the greatest wrestlers who ever lived and exists. And I thought it was damn near a five-star match with Evil. Mm-hmm. It was just like. You just so much quality work from this guy. And they were talking about it on commentary. He's 43 years old. I don't know how much time he has left at this level. And he works the way he works. Jesus. Working the way he works. And it's like, he. it feels like he can do it forever because everyone that says they wrestle him, they say it's like a night off. It's a walk in the park. It's easy. So there's something that he's doing that he's great at that we haven't figured out. And it looks a lot worse than it is. But Keep me in that gray area. I don't need to figure all that out. It looks gotcha. crazy. Mm-hmm. It looks like <laughs> nuts. Like he's so good that you actually want to be. You actually don't want to know the magic, right? Like, right. <laughs> don't don't tell me. Like I. That's, like, that's funny. Like oh man, but uh, Okada and Jericho had to me. What, what do you think of this um this matchup? Um, have you figured out like okay? So also with uh, double or nothing. Um, have you figured out like? how they're going to turn it into a no rules match like we have to like shouldn't we be treating jericho much the same way that we always talk about like uh pay-per-view matches with Strowman, where everything should be jericho uh jericho rules it was like look man the rules are there are no rules you go out there you go nuts and do whatever you need to do to uh to get this match over i'm, I'm sure to trying to trying to uh wrestle Bret Hart professional wrestling these days or actually in, in this case uh kenny omega professional wrestling these days that's, that's a, a lot of athleticism that's a lot that's a lot of athleticism and movement to uh to be trying to uh work around with, with a dude that's almost 50. So I think what's going to happen is it's going to be billed as a regular rules match, and then they'll probably get like a table spot or something that'll happen. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> but, but, I, but I also, but I, not, but like I brought that up because it's like that's the same thing that applies to the old the Okada match at Dominion. So it's like, I mean, I mean, we know Okada can make can make anything work, and Jericho is a genius too. So, um, but I I kind of like this Jericho that we've been getting. Um, so it's almost like I, I'm sure it'll be a, a great match, but like I think that Jericho's has a higher, a much higher ceiling when he's out here. Like the rules are, there are no rules, mm-hmm. and I can just create chaos. So I'm, I, I'm just wondering if they're like cheating themselves, and, and really by cheating themselves, I mean cheating us. <laughs> Any reservations <laughs> about Jericho being the opponent, like at all, <laughs> at um, all? I mean, I, I mean, kayfabe wise, he hasn't, he hasn't done shit. I mean, I guess you could say he was. He was IC champion. He never had a match since then. So therefore, like he was somebody that mattered, and he's been gone. So you give him another shot. But like they haven't explained as far as from a wins loss perspective, there's really nothing much there other than to say he was the he was he was a former IC champion. Right. Um, I'm excited about the match. I've wanted to see Jericho versus either Okada or Tanahashi for quite some time here. Yep, uh, same here. I love the match that he did with Naito at Wrestle Kingdom. So yep. I, I have learned never to doubt Chris Jericho again. Like, he will figure it out. He will – he has – he because remember, he has war style. He has WCW style. <laughs> he has WWF style. He has WWE style. He has New Japan style. He has hey. Chris Jericho style. He has hey. AEW style. Hey, he also has NXT style when he was out here wrestling uh, yes. Daniel Bryan in the first episode of NXT. So he also has NXT style, yes. too. Yes, so, he yeah. does. Yes, Smoky Mountain style. <laughs> you know. Smoky Mountain style? CMLL, tri- uh, AAA style. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. So, like, never bet against Chris Jericho. I think it's going to be phenomenal. Um, I, I think he's going to beat Kenny at double or nothing and then roll into um, – uh, they're, they're going to send him in there uh, with all the momentum to either, you know, to, to do a job or, or to shot the world, one of the two. So, um, Wait, so you think he's going to beat Kenny? Yes. Uh, I've thought that like since they announced it. Like, so I, is that for the so is that for the title or is that the um, Neville or Pac uh, Adam Page match? I couldn't keep track. I'm there just, I'm there just is think, no. I think there, there is, is no title yet. There is no title yet. No. Okay. So I was saying like it'd be cool if like they crown that the winner does that. Jericho comes in with AEW title and you do AEW champion New Japan champion. But whatever. I mean, look. If Jericho wins, he's he's a de facto NXT. He's a de facto AEW champion any damn way. <laughs> so this is like the um, uh, this is the the lineal AEW championship that's that's starting here. <laughs> I mean, may as well be. You tell me what's going on last. I can tell you right now, Cody Cody versus Dustin ain't going on last. <sighs> oh, I'd be fucking shocked if that happened, but dude. That would be worse. That would be that would be way worse than, than when they did uh, Dalton Castle and, and, and Marty Scroll at Supercard of Honor. Don't yeah. do that. Like your look, your biggest matches, your main events. Don't play with it. Like you don't end up being like look. And Jericho got plenty of experience. To tell you that's not a route you want to do. Look at WrestleMania 18. Right. Um. Yeah. So excited for this. Very excited. So Okada will figure it out. Uh, Jericho will figure it out. Yes. So There's two geniuses. Yeah, um, we didn't talk about the Cody promo uh, that happened uh, over the last week. Uh, okay. So on the road to, to Double or Nothing, uh, episode 14, I believe it was a response to Goldust promo, which I thought was excellent. And Cody pretty much, he gave it a little bit about Dustin, but it was largely like, 
I, I'm ready to get this last era the fuck out of here. And um, <laughs> and they can't touch us. They can't lace our boots anymore. And it, it kind of felt like a rallying cry for the promotion uh, in a sense as well. They mentioned- yeah, it was like Shane Douglas when he it was like Shane Douglas when he threw that fucking Eastern Championship wrestling belt in, um, on the ground. It was like, nah, it's time for this extreme shit. It's a new yeah, day. What it felt like, like. <laughs> like, like they they your name out. Jiggers on that hard not live Jay Z verse that we always <laughs> talking about. Like, it's your name out. Jiggers on top. Like, <laughs> so yeah, th- that was a very good promo by Cody, and it was just like, yo, let's get these these fucking dinosaurs out of here. Like, and. It was like it was shot in the simple David Starr style, which is like you you see the things they're doing, and then what's happening around the world, like the David Starr promos, and then it's like, yo, what if we let Roman Reigns look into the camera like that? What kind of magic would we get? We yeah, just I don't mean, know, uh, and, yeah, and I think he would yeah, do yeah. very well, like like trying something like that. And I love the presentation of this. Yeah. Um, I think the most impressive thing for me was, um, I mean, it was in a similar vein to the uh, David Starr thing, but it wasn't, but it was just a single shot, no cuts, right. as opposed to, you know, Putting the, the video way that in. the way that the ring, the way that the David Starr Ring Honor thing was shot, it was shot as if like, yes, it was in dark room, but like there's multiple shots, and you don't know if that's multiple takes being strummed together over the music or if that's just one shot. Like you know for a fact, like that Cody thing that was one take. Or whatever else that was a that was just a, a four minute tracking shot, right? And like there were no breaks or whatever. Else. I don't know how many times it took him to do that, but it doesn't matter. It's pre tape, and it's one shot. And it just immediately grabs you by the neck and says, "Pay attention." So that was awesome. Um, I, I I do like the story he's laying out about like, and it, and it also plays at the time of stuff they tried to say they tried to do and hint at when they were teasing the stuff between Royal Rumbles or whatever else with with Cody and. Um, and uh, and Dustin, where it was like, I'm gonna call him Goldust. I'm badly gonna call him Goldust. Gold <laughs> yeah, uh, it is Goldust. Yeah, like, so I, I, right, so so like all the stuff where they alluded to were like, you know, Dustin's the black sheep and brought you know more, quote unquote disgrace to the family name and, and, and demons and it whatever other issues that demons Dustin's had over over his career. Yeah, um, as far as uh, disgracing the Rose, you know, the Rose family name and you know, and then talked about uh, like. One person is the prodigal son, the other one is really the black sheep. And you know, I know who I am. Like I thought it was like, hmm, interesting. Now, you know, it's almost like a, do you remember was it uh was it what was the the the, the game disc record uh when he's rapping over Hustler's Ambition? Was that one forty was that one twenty or two forty? That was uh one twenty, I believe. Two forty was the spider okay. loke, spider joke yeah. joint. Right. Okay. So he was. So remember, like, while that, all that whole like game versus June thing was going on, he was and game was like, if Aftermath was a family that didn't have a mother, I'd be Dre's newborn. You'd be the jealous older brother. Cody is flat out saying, "I am the I am the the newborn. You are the jealous older brother." And I was like, "Okay." I mean, I, I'm I am between Dustin's thing where I was like, I don't know where they're headed with this, and then with Cody like bringing it to the front with their both of their perspectives is like. I'm into this match in a way that I was never into it when it was when you were like saying it needs to be a WrestleMania match for years. Um uh over over the years uh when we were just watching WWE. So yep. like from that perspective, like they're off to a very good start in you know the the talk about like, you know, that was almost like a rallying cry of the new era. Like, you know, it's talk about, you know, the rock 
The Rock and his great promos, whatever else, and comparing it to uh, Punk on you know on the ramp uh, in Vegas, like yeah, like that is a good that's a good like marker for saying like this is when like the era like this is, like the descent the uh, the line delineation between like the eras or whatever. Else. I mean, obviously, us. obviously there's there's a ruthless aggression and all and then the short lived reality era that turned into whatever the fuck this is or PG or, or PG turned reality or whatever the hell it was post ruthless aggression. What like people have not let go of this fucking attitude era thing and like all them dudes are 50 now yeah so yeah yeah it's definitely you definitely have a point i mean he definitely has a point now you know we are talking about the rock so like i'm, I'm also like i i get it like it makes sense to to use these like these uh these certain huge people to like so it immediately jogs your mind and snaps you into knowing what was going on but like and, it and also still would... is the rock so like maybe like <laughs> like damn bro like you could use somebody else as another example like the rock was fucking awesome <laughs> but but like i feel like look I, it's one of those things where it's like i feel so much of your point that i'm not gonna let that like hang I'm me gonna up. let it rock like, in, in like? A, in a normal, in a, yeah the normal way that it was like like bro like bro you tripping but proceed yeah I'd, I'd like to see this, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting, like, when it when it comes time for him to wrestle Jericho, if, if he runs any of this rhetoric back, but I think the thing with Jericho is, like, he's not married to that time period, like, as much as he was associated with it, mm-hmm. like, as we, we, we clown, but it was like, yo, Jericho's He's rolled through every major promotion of the last thirty years, like, yeah. <laughs> like he's Chris Jericho, like, he's it- he's something else. Yeah, and That's also like once, and also once Jericho comes out there like dressed like a clown, like he ain't really foreplaying like the games as far as the back and forth about him being old or whatever. Because like the ultimate, like he's trying to brawl, he's trying to be a nasty, vicious dude as opposed to, um, you know, like this ain't Y two J no more. And like, yeah, he's dead. And, and look, ain't no knock, ain't no knock with Y two J. Y two J was awesome, but like this, he's trying, he's out here doing something new right now. So like, I don't. I mean, you can't just say he's old because, like, obviously, like that. All he also was a part of that era, but and he, and he definitely someone that you have to mention in that in that era. But like, he might quickly divorce himself from that, and then you're kind of like, I mean, obviously they'll talk about it beforehand, but like, he could just divorce himself from that and be like, look at me the last couple of years. Do I like some some old fucking relic? Yeah, you know, and then it, it can move on from something there. Like, but there's a lot of interesting stuff that those two can do because those are some, you know, those are some good like wrestling and acting and promo minds. And Jericho's not the guy that people want to throw out here uh, to compare because he's literally like none of the other part-timers and older guys. He's he's like none of them. He's still great in the ring. He's, his mind is still sharp. His body is like falling apart, but the way he works now, it actually suits him better because he doesn't have to be Chris Jericho from 15 years ago. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, I'm so excited just to see just to see this shit get started because it's like... If this is how it's going to be, it's like, yo, we're turned over to the fucking new era and you can either get with it or whatever. I'm sold. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and another part about the, you mentioned as far as um, he's not like the other guys is like, it also hurts like WWE's like the WWE side because like, it's, it wasn't an issue in like, let's say WrestleMania 28 when it was like, it was Undertaker versus uh, Triple, Triple H. H and then it's Rock. In a generation versus generation match, similar to what we just talked about earlier in the show with Tessa versus uh, versus Gale, yeah. and like there's three of those guys on a four hour show, 
and two of them wrestle each other. So that's two matches that involve like the older guard. So it's almost like the the old Paul Heyman uh, ECW thing when they brought in Terry Funk. It's like you can have one old legend or whatever. It's like yeah, there's not one, but there's only three, and it's four hour show as opposed to like it's a five and a half hour show, and there's like six or seven of them depending on the year. And it's like and they all come in at the same exact time as opposed to like. One person pops in at this point, then another person pops in at this point. Okay, it kind of keeps it fresh as opposed to now. Nah, they're all coming all at the same time, all like, you know, like, and they're, we, you know, they're, like they're all coming. Like they're treating it like it's fucking Thanksgiving dinner. Like they're all showing up for the awkward promo where the whole crowd looks at them like, oh, Lord, here it comes to set up the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it doesn't help the WWE's like schedule. It so seems like it's been stuck on repeat for so long, whereas like, OK. You already know over half the pay-per-views. You already know what over half the pay-per-views are for to even announce them or going to next year. You already know you're getting Royal Rumble, Stream Rules, uh, Money in the Bank, uh, WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, TLC, uh, Hell in a Cell. You already know what half half of the you know the big shows you're going to get to. And then like nothing wrong with tradition. Like I enjoy all of the ones I just named because they you know they all bring something. But like. It's harder for you to tell stories when, like, you already know you like you are blocked into. You're gonna have to go do this and then do this, and then like even when you do, <laughs> even when you do a uh, a uh, countout finish between AJ Styles and uh, <laughs> Samoa Joe at SummerSlam, you can't even get to it in the size of fucking match in Hell in a Cell. You got to get that to Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, like Boy. so. So like. And, and I'll say this for the tradition. I'm sorry, thing. I don't know how you got over that, but my point is like there is such a routine. There's literally a routine, and you already know what to expect. And like, like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that as much as it is like you can mix some of this stuff up or hold things off or push things forward a little bit to like break up the mon- the, the monotony of side because it feels like all the reviews I've named, we've had those reviews for like since 2012. It feels like yeah. maybe even maybe even later than that. Or maybe earlier than that, as far as like you know what you're going to get every single month without fail, and then it's like that also doesn't help the TV feel more you know uh, fresh, right? So and I, and I think you yeah. know unless you have like and you said for tradition now, New Japan they've had the G1 every year for yep. all those years, right? Mm-hmm. Unless it's some like like the G1 is an institution where you can weave right. these these stories and these people into like right. and, and use the G1 as a tool. It's yes. like kind of like the Royal Rumble match if you really want like 2018's it, Royal Rumble. What it used to be. What it used yeah. to be. Right. Yeah. Rather than just like, oh, you know, it's <laughs> going out there and it's, it's a match we're putting together tonight and you yeah, know, it's like, oh, there's three people with any shot of winning. Yeah. And granted like that was kind of always the case, but you would always get storylines about, oh, friend betrayed friend at the Rumble. So what happened? Like the last time we had opportunity, a real opportunity like that was when Sasha Turner was like working heelish at that Rumble and then threw over Bailey. And then like the next month at Elimination Chamber, kicked her off the pod. And then Bailey eliminated Sasha at the women's uh, battle roll on the pre show of WrestleMania 34. And we got jack shit out of that. Like we had them fake fight each other. Uh, Ang- Doctor Shelby come dust his ass off from 2012. Shows up. They do anger management. Sasha says he uh, she loves Bailey, and then they're a tag team. And then we just broke them up like after like one title defense. Yeah, man. No, after no title defense, they got no they got no title defense in right. Who did they? Okay, what did they do? It was okay. Elimination Chamber. They, they won the belt. They, right. They defended the belt once against who. Nia Jackson, Tamina. 
That's right. So they did, they had one title defense, and then they were and then they're already out of there. So then it was like, all right, then you know. But also, you don't get a chance to go get your titles back uh, because like these geeks basically stole them. We're splitting you up and disbanding you as a team, moving to separate, uh, separate brands. Great story, guys. Great story. <laughs> Incredible. And we wonder why Sasha Banks wants to walk on this company. Um, yeah, man. Um, one other thing I could do a, give a high recommend for is the Nick Aldis Marty Scurll match for the NWA uh, Heavyweight Championship at the Crockett Cup. Cornette was just a revelation on commentary. Nick Aldis should be being pushed on in a major uh, Fed somewhere as a, as a upper guy. I don't know where, but um, <laughs> if, if the options are, say if we were to import him to Monday Night Raw, he should definitely be over Corbin, over Lashley, or, or any of those guys. Like He would be a great opponent for Seth Rollins right now. Could you do me a favor and reiterate the word major so that like you can like every time you say major is like a jab to to to, to Caleb because he likes to pretend it, likes to play pretending with the NWA title. You know, a major promotion. <laughs> Thank you. A major league promotion <laughs> that holds events consecutively. Yes. Yes. I'm just kidding, Caleb. But no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> don't try to don't try to don't try to back out. Don't try to cut that with baking soda. Nah, stop playing. We trying to do, we trying to do this double turn, James. Like I'm trying to turn babyface. Like, I told you I was babyface this year. So. Um, yeah, but uh, that's pretty much going to wrap the show up. Uh, James, anything you can think of before we get up out of here? I feel like we kind of – we gave them a – we gave y'all a lot this week. We ain't going to lie. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm just like, yo, I, I looked at this thing. This show was not supposed to go this long. But, you know, the first – How long show end up going? We're at 145 right now. Um, you know, oh. we're cooking, you know. But, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, but I think we, you know, went through – any Ring of Honor news? I mean, obviously, it ain't really much Ring of Honor news ever since that debacle they put in Mad Square Garden. But like, is there anything else we need to? Yeah, you because know, we, we, we jumped around a lot of places. Like, yeah, we went we to, did. you know, we went to, we talked about women, women's wrestling. We talked about some independent wrestling. We talked about WWE. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, what Jericho's doing. Like, yeah, we we, I, t- we covered, I, I, we, I, co- I we jumped book, around the globe a little bit. I, I fantasy booked Tomo- the 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 rise of Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. Yes, yes, you, you, yes, you, uh, you, you, tra- you, you just went out, out book Gato for the for the full rest of the year. Yeah, you just did yeah. that too. You know, so um, yeah, that's pretty much gonna wrap it up. Uh, make sure you guys are rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Podbean, wherever you listen to us. Tell all your friends about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, check out our friends at PowerSlam.tv. Links in the annotation. Uh, you already know how it works. Four thousand hours. Use the code Social Suplex for your free month trial. Don't forget to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Pick up some Social Suplex gear, and also check out Patreon.com slash One Nation Radio. The road to 173 and 0 is seven episodes deep. So now you can put your five bucks down. You can mow through about a half hour each, 25 minutes each of those episodes, and um, you know, and and hear the road essentially. So, uh, anything else before we up out of here, James? No, um, just check out the podcast on Thursday slash Fridays. NXT then now forever. We review NXT uh, from that week and also do a retro review of NXT from five years ago that week. Um, I'm always with a a a roll or sorry a carousel a rolodex of different um, a co-hosts to, to do the show with me, or I get stuck and I have to do it solo like I did uh, two weeks ago. But solo um, James. 
Yeah, that that was a dandy, right? Um, so so yeah, like check check out uh that show. Um, and you know that's all I got. And also uh, keeping it strong style on Tuesdays. Grown men watch this shit. Ricky and Clive wrestling show, and also all things elite. What what day is uh keeping it strong style? You said Tuesday. You sure it's not Monday? I, I'm gonna bet Tuesday it comes out. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's it. We up out of here. Holla. Let it also cut the shit. <laughs> y'all know who y'all is. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>